Let's get to the latest on COVID as we head into the weekend, because wastewater data is starting to show an uptick when it comes to COVID and positive COVID cases. Here is infectious diseases expert, Dr. Suman Chakrabarty, who joins us once again. Doctor, good afternoon. Appreciate your time on this Friday. Afternoon. Great to be here. All right. Yeah. What is this wastewater data this week? What is it showing us? Just how severe is this uptick when it comes to COVID positivity? Yeah, look, we're seeing an increase in um, uh, community activity of COVID. And uh, yeah, it's hard to quantify it straight from the wastewater, but it just shows that, yes, in the community, there is more activity. One thing I think that's really important to outline is that it's not unusual, even pre-pandemic, to have a late winter or early spring uh, respiratory surge, whether it's influenza B, sometimes it can be para-influenza, and we're seeing something similar right now with uh, with COVID. Uh, it's not necessarily caused, actually, I don't think it's ever caused for panic. I just think that we just, we have to realize that this is the natural ebb and flow of respiratory viruses. And each time this happens, we don't need to uh, constantly uh, get panicked and uh, have a knee-jerk reaction. Sure. But uh, where are the levels right now? Do we know, Dr. Chakrabarty, are they approaching? Are they uh, close to what we saw at the beginning of the Omicron surge? No, I, it looks like, first of all, it looks like we certainly are undercounting cases. And that makes sense, just like we would uh, with other uh, respiratory viruses uh, out of a pandemic time. Uh, that said, it, you know, there's been estimates of maybe 10,000, 12,000 cases a day. But in terms of what we saw in December, you know, when you look at previous years and look at the way things are uh, compared, usually the spring wave tends to be uh, smaller in, in size. The other thing to keep in mind, too, is that we have a decompressed healthcare system. The third wave last year, when it happened around this time, it was on a healthcare system that was already saturated. So it's all we are all in a different situation. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be seeing more cases of it. There'll be some hospital pressure, but I do expect it to be uh, much, much less than compared to last year. Okay. What is this uptick? What is it attributable to? Is it the BA2 subvariant of uh, Omicron? Is that what's uh, largely at play and responsible for this? Absolutely. And that's kind of what we saw uh, when we see these waves happen. It's not necessarily anything that we're doing directly. Oftentimes it's the activity of the virus itself, which is the biggest contributor. And in this case, BA2, it's kind of like the cousin or whatever you want to say of BA1, which they're both Omicron. This one just has a competitive advantage. It's kind of doing its uh, replacement dance. We're seeing that happen in in, uh, Europe as well. But, you know, fortunately, what we saw in Europe is it looks to be over usually in about two to three weeks. I expect to see that here as well. Yes, there'll be some hospital pressure, but nothing uh, in my mind compared to what we saw in uh, December. Yeah. Can you give us a little more information on this subvariant on BA2? What do we know about it? It appears to be more transmissible, but the uh, symptoms uh, overall appear to be less. Would that be correct? That's right. Yeah, it, it certainly looks to have a competitive advantage based on transmissibility. It also has that ability to evade the immune system, but it looks like the main thing is vaccines and post-infectious immunity, especially if you got Omicron the first time around in, in December, a BA1, it looks to be protective against BA2. And the other important thing I think we need to point out is that it, it looks to have that same uh, relatively mild profile so long as you're vaccinated or you have immunity. Uh, you know, I still think that if you haven't gotten COVID and you haven't gotten vaccinated, this is still our best uh, defense against the virus. Uh, so uh, it's it's a bit different uh, for people who are unvaccinated and unexposed. You can still get quite sick from this. 
All right. What is troublesome for some, Dr. Chakrabarty, of course, is we are seeing an uptick in COVID positivity in uh, wastewater uh, data at a time when uh, we're really loosening restrictions. In particular, this week, of course, the masking mandate uh, that uh, has now gone by the uh, wayside. There's uh, no need, no mandate to to be wearing a mask in indoor public spaces in the province uh, any longer. Is there any cause for concern there that we're seeing this uptick at the same time that restrictions are loosening? You know, I, I have a different uh, uh, opinion of this than a lot of my colleagues. I think the answer is no. I think that we have to uh, understand when we look at what's happening over the last, uh, you know, five waves or so that we've had, human behavior, it does account for a little bit of it, I think, but a lot of it has to do with just the virus uh, intrinsic properties itself. You know, a lot of these waves are going to happen regardless of what we do, whether you mask, whether you don't mask, whether you lock down hard, whether you don't lock down hard. Look what's happening uh, in a place like China. Yeah, they were able to get to this point without a lot of cases, but with Omicron, it really does uh, overcome a lot of this uh, um, uh, non-pharmaceutical intervention that we do. So I think that right now it's important important for us. What's our goal? It's trying to prevent severe disease. And I think that we now have um, vaccines. We also have therapeutics. And of course, people who are high risk, they may consider um, to do one-way masking with a high quality mask. But I think that the time for a mandate is now something that, uh, that that time has passed. I don't think having everybody in the community mask is going to have an appreciable effect on uh, hospitalizations. And that's, for me right now, with the major um, uh, factor that we're looking at. Yeah, Can I ask you, uh, just at the end of week uh, one, uh, just uh, what has your experience been when it comes to the masking mandate? What have you seen? What have you felt out in the community? I know uh, myself, for example, going to the grocery store, several other uh, public uh, venues, I would just ballpark it as honestly saying 80, 85% of people are still wearing masks in indoor venues. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, to, to be fair, I, I, you're in the GTA as well. I'm in, I'm in uh, Mississauga. I see the exact uh, same thing. Depends on where you are. Um, uh, I was, uh, um, you know, speaking to some of my friends who are in southwestern Ontario. I'm originally from Sarnia. Sarnia, a lot of people aren't wearing masks. I think that it depends on where you are. I myself am comfortable, go, uh, you know, with my uh, vaccination status and, uh, you know, my, my health status as well. I'm comfortable now going into indoor settings with no mask. I understand that uh, many people still aren't. I do expect this to uh, change with time. But my big thing is, regardless of what the choice is, whether you want to mask or not, I think that nobody should be disparaged for that choice. And everybody has their own process of how they're going to uh, approach this. Yeah, I was going to ask you uh, again to reiterate that, Dr. Chakrabarty, because I think that's uh, so important. You've said that several times to us, both on the show here on the radio and over on the TV show and the morning show on global television. I think, you know, myself, uh, several others this week, we've encountered situations uh, just in my own building in the elevator. There are some people now getting on without masks, other with masks. And, you know, it's okay. Uh, You just have to respect each other, try to respect distancing where you can, and just uh, respect uh, each other's uh, opinion as to where you are when it comes right now and your comfortability uh, with uh, masks. I I completely agree. And, you know, even uh, as I mentioned, I'm comfortable without a mask. But for example, if I'm going to somebody's house uh, or if I'm having somebody over, I always ask what their preference is because I want to be respectful of others, a level of comfort and their choice. And so far, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, I try to not even I think of it like, you know, what color shoes you're wearing, if you're wearing a mask or wearing black shoes. It's, it's something that is, uh, you know, part of the your attire for the day. But uh, like I said, you know, uh, I, I hope that people also um, respect my choice. And uh, but either way, I think uh, we need to do this uh, together. 
All right, just finally, I want to ask you about a headline that is breaking here in the last couple of hours regarding vaccines. And the World Health Organization apparently has rejected a COVID vaccine made here in Canada, the first Canadian-made COVID vaccine. Dr. Chakrabarty, it has been rejected by the World Health Organization due to reports are saying it's ties to tobacco, a tobacco giant, Philip Morris. What more can you tell us about this? Yeah, you know, this was disappointing. This vaccine was a, a pretty cool concept using the uh, the cellular machinery of plants to make virus-like particles that would then act like, uh, you know, uh, as an immune stimulant uh, vaccine. And, you know, I, I get the, the, the difficulty. I mean, uh, you know, for me, you have this vaccine that could potentially help a lot of people. But I mean, the World Health Organization really has to kind of look at uh, things, not just from the health standpoint, but also the implications of the decision. I, I believe it's Philip Morris, if I'm not mistaken. That's uh, correct. Yeah. A, yeah. It's a, it's a huge tobacco giant. And I understand the reticence to want to support a tobacco giant, given what we know um, about the health effects of tobacco. So I'm torn on this, uh, Jeff. I don't know if I, I, I understand what, what, the, what the worry is, but I do think that tobacco or not, this product is something that uh, if it's, it is widespread, could certainly help uh, humanity uh, as, as a vaccine. So um, I, I don't know what I would decide. It's a tough one. All right. Got to leave it there uh, for now. Dr. Chakrabarty, really appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much. Good to chat on this Friday and have a good weekend. Always great to talk to you. Take care. You too. Dr. Suman Chakrabarty, infectious diseases expert with us. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. <laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.